This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. The humanities are human beings interpreting what human beings do. They are history, they are philosophy, but I really believe that they are us reflecting on the lives that we lead. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Brian Boyles, and he is the new executive director of Mass Humanities, and welcome to our program. Thanks so much for having me. All right, I'm just going to hit you with the hard question first. What are the humanities? (laughs) So this is a timeless question. It's uh, what we would call almost a humanities question, (laughs) and that there are many interpretations, but there is a core of fact around it. Uh, The humanities are human beings interpreting what human beings do. They are history, they are philosophy, but I really believe that they are us reflecting on the lives that we lead, uh, the work that we do, and so we often think of them in the context of visual arts, and I think the simple answer is when you look at the painting on the wall, we are the piece of text next to it telling you who this artist was, where they're from, and what they were thinking when they were doing that work. That's a short answer, uh, but I do think that the beauty of the humanities is that uh, they are more of something that we see living out in the world rather than being able to just slap a label on here and there. So, unfortunately, I feel like we are in a position where we have to explain why it matters, why the humanities matters. Why do we have a mass humanities? Um, I'm reading in the newspaper that liberal arts courses, history, um, there's no time for that in college anymore because we got to learn to code. I mean, how do you cope with that? Well, it's interesting because I think we often hear about it in the context of the academy. And certainly we really are big fans and supporters of scholarship and universities and the work that needs to be done to turn those numbers around. Mass Humanities is very dedicated to the public humanities, to being that bridge between the great work that's done in all these fantastic universities in Massachusetts and communities around the Commonwealth. We really believe that stuff needs to live out there in the public. And we also believe that it's a two-way street. You know, that information that's generated in the academy should be very influenced by the voices of the people that are actually out there living that work, remembering those times, interpreting their futures, all of that stuff needs to be a dialogue, and I think Mass Humanities stands sort of at the crux of that and is a nexus for that interplay between the two sides. To me, uh, though there may be a crisis when it comes to enrollment in classes, I do think that on the ground and out here, I think if we look at all kinds of different climates that we're facing, they demand the humanities. I think that the crises that we're facing as a country, the more the humanities can be part of that conversation, the better. So I'm optimistic that while we'll always have to explain what they are, their time uh, sort of over in the corner is, is coming quickly to an end. I kind of think about how you explain what is air. We just have to have it. That's like, what is the humanities? Yeah. That's how important it is. Yeah. We have to know why our towns are there. You know, we need to know why our families came there. And we need to know how democratic society works. All of that kind of things come through the humanities primarily. And uh, it's, it's urgent. So, Mass Humanities, uh, you are a 501c3 nonprofit. You are one of our partner organizations and truly joined at the hip of the Mass Cultural Council. And you also have a relationship with a federal funder, uh, uh, the National Foundation for the Humanities. So, you're kind of like a cousin of the Mass Cultural Council, right? I I like that term. Yes, we're (laughs) definitely part of the family. (laughs) So, talk to us a little bit about 
how your work uh, manifests itself uh, in cities and towns in Massachusetts. Sure. So Mass Humanities is the state affiliate of the National Endowment for Humanities. It's been around for a little over, uh, we're in our 45th year, actually, as a matter of fact, right now. We were founded in 1974. And the idea was that the federal government, as it did believe with the National Endowment for the Arts, believed that culture and arts and the humanities are the property of every resident in the United States. The work that we do uh, is to support communities who are doing humanities work in the public square. Uh, so we do that as primarily a granting agency. We give out, you know, around 100 organizations receive funds from us through our grants program, about half a million dollars a year with help from MCC and NEH and our private donors. And then we do programs uh, like the Reading Frederick Douglass program where we take a more active uh, role in those communities' work. We bring Frederick Douglass's work to literally the public square by giving grants out for folks to read the great work of that abolitionist who has so many ties to Massachusetts. A big part of that is the July 4th celebrations that we do on Boston Common, but it happens all over Massachusetts. Uh, the Clemente course, which you and I have talked a lot about, is, I think, uh, really the DNA of the organization, and that's something we've been doing for over 15 years now. This is a course that really targets working people, people who traditionally do not receive that elite humanities education through a college or university. These are folks that come in twice a week for seven months and study philosophy, history, art history, creative writing with university professors for university credit through Bard College, but more importantly, to really get them more a sense that they are part of the fabric of this great story of Massachusetts, that they understand the context with which they walk through the streets uh, of their towns and cities. And I think that aside from, you know, maybe being able to go on to a higher education, we find that having that bedrock in the humanities and also in a community of people, even if it's 15 of them studying in Dorchester or Brockton or New Bedford or Worcester or Springfield, you know, the working mother that comes together with her neighbors to talk about Plato she has a bond with those people that we know lasts. You know, there are alumni groups, there's work that continues to be done. The other programs that we do, and I think when I think about the future, are to ask, all right, these people have shown this commitment, and we know that there are people all over Massachusetts who need support for getting ahead in life, who need to be part of your EBT program. Uh, how can we stick with these people? How can we fund more projects that they're going to be interested in, where their stories can be told? And I think that, you know, we have a track record of doing that. And I, this is where it comes back to this idea. What are the humanities? Well, they're that conversation over a dinner table about the documentary film that everybody just watched together. I, I think it's as simple as that in some ways. You know, um, I remember a couple of years ago, um, I think it was at the national level, um, the National Endowment for the Humanities sort of took on uh, this mission of encouraging this thing called civility. <laughs> And you, uh, this is not your first humanities organizations sure. that you've been part of. In fact, you come to us from Louisiana, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, civility, uh, it's not gotten any better since that was introduced into the True. lexicon. True. And I, I think that it's good to look back and ask yourself, you know, what happened there? Because <laughs> I think there was a, a, you know, a pretty hopeful moment. And that's been, I think it's been about eight years now that that happened. Uh to me, I think that it's a that was a great thought, you know, and it was an attempt by a former chair of the NEH to do something to, you know, get between this very partisan outbreak that was happening. It can't just be a speaking tour, and it really can't even be a grant line. It needs to be a more active engagement with communities around what are the issues they're facing. 
what are historical or, or political track records that have led them to that and getting to a place where they can really reflect on it. I don't know that we're going to necessarily get to a place where we're all nicer to each other. I just That's not just our work, right? But I think that, and I think we've seen this in those eight years and we had been doing that before and, and you guys certainly do it through the work that you support. We are trying to bring together people in common spaces where they can share conversations, even if it is around Plato. You know, that exercise, I think, is it excites me to think that as bad as things are right now, it's just more sign that they need a different type of humanities exercise, but that that's the direction that, that we could go in. So um, when you came to Massachusetts from Louisiana, uh, how did you see uh, the landscape here for this work uh, compared to where you were from? Well, I'd say that in Louisiana, you have a fantastic indigenous culture that has impressed the globe uh, and is, it continues to be influential. You also have uh, challenges most recently uh, with Hurricane Katrina and then just vast uh, cuts of state funding to all kinds of different programming. And you have deep poverty. So the humanities organization there, in some ways, there's so many directions you can go in because there's so much need. And I think it was a great training ground for me because I didn't see a limit to where the humanities could live. If there was a problem around public housing or if there was a problem around public health, I didn't say, well, that's not my lane. I tried to figure out and we tried to figure out as an organization to the point that that organization now runs Head Start Centers, how can the humanities be brought to bear here? In Massachusetts, we just have a wealth of fantastic organizations and institutions and people doing great work in 350 some towns. <laughs> so I think for me, I'm very much still getting the lay of the land. And so I hesitate to give you my read on the landscape. I'd, I'd rather off mic talk to you about that, I think. But I think that um, what I find is that I didn't you know, I was excited about this job because of Mass Humanities' track record. I was excited about this job because David Tabaldi did a fantastic job. I was excited about the job because MCC does such a great job to give support to the organization. I didn't really think so much about how Massachusetts has been such a global leader, not just in the humanities, but in, in, in economic and technical and certainly the history of the republic. Those aspects of it, I think, and, and, the, and the crossroads we're at now with the diversity of communities and the questions around, you know, equity and things like that. Again, I feel like Massachusetts is in position to be a leader through whatever transformation the country is going to go through. And the humanities, you know, I fundamentally believe need to be a part of that. So that's my initial read is I'm more excited than I thought I would be and more optimistic that though I think we need to find we need to sort of define our lane in some ways because there is all, such a rich field out there. I'm starting to see what that might be. And I also feel like the need that's out there that we can meet is is um, is, is deep. And I think that uh, it's an exciting time to, to imagine where Massachusetts could go and how it could continue to be a beacon. So we've talked a little bit about the work in general, the content of the work, but uh, a lot of our listeners are executive directors or leaders of organizations and nonprofits. And um, we're always interested in hearing how a person navigates stepping into a position that has been held by someone for a very long time. And you mentioned David Tabaldi, your predecessor, who 30 plus years, I think, uh, as the head of Mass Humanities. Talk about how you thought about stepping into a position that had uh, such longevity in your predecessor. 
I've been very fortunate that David uh, had thought through this transition, the board had thought through the transition, and that David continues to be there for me um, as recently as last week, going to the state house to meet some folks. I think the transitions are difficult, and I had gone through one in Louisiana, so I had some familiarity around that. Continuity in the operation is the most important thing. It needs to be externally and internally. People need to know payroll still works the same right now. The grant process still works the same. I may come in with all kinds of ideas about where we, we could go. I'm not interested in manifesting that in the first six months or, or even a year because the field doesn't deserve that sort of disruption right now. You know, They need mass humanities to continue to play that role as we decide on as a group what our vision would be. It's also my feeling that there has to be a shared vision. You know, even if I know here are the three things I really want to see happen, I want to make sure that that's gone through with the staff and with board committees and with the board and with partners. One, because I don't know Massachusetts well enough, and I do believe that the organizations need to respond. They need to respond to the landscape where they're at. They, it's not a cookie cutter solution. But two, because I hope that in five years we are at a place where all of those constituents feel like we're moving together and it's not, you know, Brian's out on a horse somewhere deciding we're going to do <laughs> this or that, <laughs> finding funds here and asking us to do this here. I, I, you know, I have no interest in that. And I fortunately, you know, have a board and a staff that's talented enough that it would be, it'd be silly to do that. So it's a, I think it's, it's a transition for a bunch of people. It's not just me. And I think I try and stay really aware of that. I also need to balance between being out there and meeting as many people as possible because I do think in a transition it's very important that folks don't feel like someone was there for a very long time and he's gone and who knows what happens now. There needs to at least be somebody showing up, smiling, listening, doing all that work and balancing all that work externally with I need to get to know the staff well, I need to know how my voicemail works and like when we the trash gets taken out, all you, that. You need to be everywhere. It feels like it. And again, after we're done, I need a lot of advice on that because I think it's a tough balance, right? I mean, it's you have to be there for a lot of different groups. I think it's just wonderful that you're finding an opportunity to get out and around Massachusetts because even though we're a small state, every place is different. There are no copycats or cookie cutters anywhere in Massachusetts. And I remember when I first arrived, I was so impressed by the depth of sense of place and sense of pride of place. And it feels like that's part and parcel what you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we tap into is what's the root of that pride and how, if you're new to that area, how do you tap into that? You know, how can your expression through creativity or through uh, storytelling join up with that without being watered down? But yeah, you're, you're hitting it right on the head. It's, it's a place of so many people who care so deeply about that very specific place, that neighborhood. And again, I didn't know that when I got here. And it's, it's actually, though it makes it difficult to be able to understand it, and it'll take, well, you tell me how long it takes. But I think that's, you know, that's the bread and butter for what our work is. So, you know, it, it makes me feel good that we'll be able to continue. That learning process for me is the learning process for the organization, and it, it's, it's part of the work, you know, for 45 years. So as you're just getting started and getting going, five years from now, what do you want to look back and say? My belief is that when you are an organization that works statewide, it's very hard for anyone to get to know you. They may 
get funds from you year after year. The director may show up once every other year and meet some people. But you don't have a foothold in any one community, really. You're not always there when they decide to convene around those issues I was talking about. I believe I was brought here to raise visibility broadly. And I think there are partnerships, whether it's with local media or some national organizations where that might be, you know, we can raise the flag a little higher. But I would like in five years to say in those cities, and I'm throwing this out there, maybe five other cities, but in those cities where we have Clemente right now, in, in, in Boston, in, in Brockton, in New Bedford, in Worcester, in Springfield, that people in those communities knew that they wanted to have us at the table. You know, that, that we needed to be part of the conversations around where those cities were going because we had been there, we were committed, and we had funded good work. And, and, they, and they saw us as a local organization, even if we're a statewide organization. You know, how to do that, how to staff that, uh, how to navigate what the local landscapes are, that's a lot of the next five years' worth of work. But, you know, folks will tell you, we don't we've never heard of you guys or we don't know who you are or I'll, I'll be candid with our listeners i was in northampton meeting the mayor that's where our offices are and he had never heard of us he's been mayor for seven years it's the nature of the work that we're a little bit you know behind the scenes but i don't want in five years for any of those mayors to think that They're, they need to meet our work through their communities and if we're there then we can really, you and I can come back and talk about doing really big things in those next five years. But the visibility challenge, that's the one that, um, yeah, that I'm going to really prioritize. I would say to people in Massachusetts, stay tuned because Brian Boyles has been to almost as many cities as I have. And I've been here 12 years. <laughs> and every time I hear you talk, you are listing off places and I'm thinking, this guy is getting around. So if you haven't seen him yet. If you look, you will see him soon. Brian Boyles, Executive Director of Mass Humanities, another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you so much, Nina. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.